0: Welcome to Dana Delivers by Aprio podcast,
1: the podcast that helps restaurant owners and operators learn from industry experts about trends and opportunities. On every episode, Dana Zukowski, the leader of Aprio's restaurant advisory team, explores a topic impacting our industry in a candid conversation. And now let's hear what Dana is serving up on this episode.
0: So, today we have Kyle with us from KMG. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us.
1: You're welcome, Dana. Thank you.
0: Of course. So, Kyle, why don't first I like to always start the podcast with the first time I met somebody because I think it's fun to kind of reminisce and let people know that I have a life outside of just this. So, Kyle and I met at the Restaurant Leadership Conference. And it was at the suggestion of Tommy Lee, who's my partner here at Abrio, who kept telling me, you have to meet these two amazing people, Kyle and Lauren. And for those of you who listen to the podcast, we had Lauren already, Lauren Fernandez on and Kyle, it's your turn today. So thank you so much for joining.
1: Well, I appreciate it. It should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it.
0: Yes. So Kyle, why don't you start off a little bit with your background for people who don't know who you are and what you're doing? I am the entrepreneurial kid.
1: I was a neighborhood kid who mowed yards growing up. I had a mom who was very strong and encouraging and said, you know what? You have too much energy to sit around the house. So I need you to get out the house and do something with all of that energy. And so I was the little eight-year-old kid pushing a mower up and down the street, built that business uh, all the way through college and sold that. Right as I graduated college, I graduated from Wichita State with a degree in entrepreneurship took all of that capital, the knowledge that I had, and started a concierge service. For those who don't know, that's basically a, a Johnny on the spot. Do whatever you need, calls for whatever need you have, and we can do it. So now, you were like
0: the it, original task Rabbit,
1: for, Exactly. But this was <laughs> Wichita, Kansas, Midwest, uh, right in about 07, 08, 09. And so wow. if anybody remembers that time, it was not the strongest spot for our economy but I had no idea. didn't know any difference. So I had a pretty good business and all of a sudden everything started to dry up. In that, I met a former business partner and he's like, well, this company is not doing what you want it to do. What would you want to do? I'm coincidentally related to the family that started Freddy's Frozen Custard and State Burgers out of Wichita, Kansas and had an affinity for the brand. And I said, you know what? I want to be an owner of that brand and find a good partner to kind of help build that out. And so that's exactly what we did. Uh, over the next five or six years, we opened about five or six locations between Colorado. We then went to California. California was not as fun as and exciting as we thought. And so we didn't that's know what...
0: That's a surprise. <laughs> yeah. So, so any business so took to owners in California. Yeah.
1: So we took that ball we went to Florida, which is the most logical place to go when you're trying to concentrically have an operation team for restaurants. Um, My partner and I parted ways about three plus years ago and we formed what is now known as KMG companies. We operate eight spreadies between Colorado and Florida. We have divested out of of California. Thank goodness. Tomorrow we are opening our ninth location, which is why you find me in a hotel room in Colorado Springs.
0: And for those listening now, By the time you listen, it will have been open because we're recording on October 24th today. Thank you for
1: the clarifier. (laughs) And we have most recently jumped into the brand called Rock and Roll Sushi and really excited about what that may bring.
0: So entrepreneurial, obviously franchising seems like a perfect place for someone with that kind of a background, right? There's no better business to be in than being a franchisee. You could have as much autonomy or as little as you want you know, depending on the topic, we understand why Freddie's, why rock and roll sushi?
1: Rock and roll sushi to me is on the leading edge of a new segment category. There are very few players that are out there like that. Rock and roll sushi makes the sushi culture very approachable. Okay. It almost Americanizes all of the food, but we still have extremely high quality fish great hibachi, great rolls, but it's also in a very fun, energetic atmosphere. But I also can't scoff at the financial uh, kind of segment of it too.
0: And by that, you mean things are going to, things don't look good.
1: No, the, the financials look great. The ROI okay. is great. The cost of entry is low compared to a lot of other concepts out there. The returns look very promising. The uh, cost to run the business, you know, the big two of food and labor are are really are quite a bit lower than what we are used to. And so the flow through to the bottom line is a lot better.
0: Why do you think that is like, what's the layout of the land there? Because food is food, we know that part. But as far as the labor goes, what's the labor model look like? Because if you're able to get it low, I'm sure everyone listening is trying to figure out how to lower their labor model as well.
1: From a, from a labor standpoint, it is not as labor intensive to what I know as Freddy's. And so we can teach just about anybody to portion the fish the right way and cut it the right way. And then you're building the, the rolls or the sashimi or the sushi or you're cooking up the rice. So it's a very low barrier. The price points are higher. And so that's where we kind of get those yields is from a a high perception of value with sushi to what the actual cost is and the the cost to produce it.
0: And bringing kind of back to what you said before about Americanizing sushi – I think coastal, we know it, right? There's some great companies like Fusion and Ohio that are helping bring it to the Midwest. How do you introduce something like sushi to the rest of the country? Or you think that they're there and I'm just being a coastal, <laughs> having a coastal attitude? I think you
1: might have a, a little bit of a coastal attitude on that, but sushi is widely regarded across the country as a, as a phenomenal dining option. Okay. But I believe that there is a slight bit of apprehension in dining at a traditional sushi house, if you will. I know at least for me and my family, we have sushi once or twice a week. And there's always just a little bit of a language barrier. Uh, There's always some apprehensions if there's an issue with the order. And so I think when we can have the opportunity to strip all of that away and still provide you the same great quality, there's just a really good opportunity to really serve a lot of guests.
0: No, that's awesome. I think I mean I'm excited. It sounds fun. And Freddy's. Let's go back to that for a little bit. Freddy's is growing as a brand. Freddy's is exciting. I have on my panel for restaurant finance someone from Freddy's, and the excitement is just there. What do you think Freddy's is doing different than some of the other brands that's creating such a buzz?
1: Freddy's is, in one word, is a strong American culture. They are extremely hospitable. They really go above and beyond to take care of all of their guests, and they lean very heavy on a, an extreme high quality of product. And so when we couple all of those together, you have a really unique opportunity to be quick, to be hospitable, mm-hmm. and a really great product. And you're right, Friday's is growing. It is on a, a giant tear, which is really exciting to be a part of. 440 give or take units out there in the, industry, or in the marketplace right now. And, and I think that it is a kind of a throwback to a to an old styled handcrafted steak burger in a very fun hospitable environment.
0: Yeah, no, it's awesome. So let's step away a little bit from those from your two brands. You are in a lot of different networking groups. You have an amazing board of people that you work with. So I'm sure you're hearing a whole bunch of stuff that maybe everyone else isn't. Besides labor and supply chain. What's hot right now? Talk about what else you're hearing that someone else might be interested in.
1: What What is hot right now is what we call 3PD, third-party delivery. Mm-hmm. Convenience is an extremely attractive opportunity for the guest. And it opens up a lot of opportunities for those who are creative, whether you are in casual, for, full serve, or quick serve, you have now opened up a third, potentially fourth option to serve a guest. And so you need to understand how to capitalize on that, how to charge appropriately, how to package appropriately, and how to serve your guest in the quickest, best way possible, but still retaining as much quality in your product when you serve. That's that's the biggest segment that we're seeing right now as a leader during the industry right now.
0: Yeah, and I think what you you hit on a good point is how do you package and serve and make sure that when the customer gets it, They're getting the same experience because a bad experience, we all know, could be the last experience. Exactly. Um, Automation, super hot also. How are you guys? What are you guys doing? Are you using a lot of it in either of the concepts? Are you changing stuff? Have you seen anything new and exciting?
1: We are slowly dipping our toe into the automation. I think we are uh, in Freddy's themselves. We are going to a kind of a burger smash opportunity to where it's taking a lot of labor out for basically a big arm that comes down and still craps the burger as we would like to see it. Oh, Uh, wow. We've not not dug into automatic toppers of buns quite yet. We have not jumped into the fryer uh, basket automation yet. Uh, and so we're slowly starting getting into that. I, I'm I'm not sure if the ROI is there, but it's slowly getting there. But I also see technology really coming strong in the hospitality side, on the front-end side, ease of access for guests to order, whether it be a tablet through their iPhone, through an app, or at a kiosk. I think that's kind of the next wave paired together. It's a, it's a really good option over the next probably 10 years.
0: And by putting in kiosks and tablets and those other options without taking away the other option of having someone there as a human for the person who likes to talk.
1: Exactly. And so we'll certainly right. keep we'll certainly keep the, the front of house attendance. Uh-huh. But, then we'll, but those who that we would traditionally run multiple POS uh, systems who are taking multiple orders at a time, we're going to reallocate them to hosp- hospitality. So they're going to be in the dining room. They're going to be engaging with the guests. Making sure that they if, if they have any questions they're they're able to answer them appropriately and in a proper amount of time. Right.
0: So more of a reallocation of labor as opposed to necessarily true elimination of. Correct. Correct. Oh, that's amazing. And what else are we talking about now? Automation, technology. Are we getting into loyalty? Are you guys changing or doing anything as it relates there? to kind of keep your customer happy and keep them coming around?
1: Certainly, loyalty is a big one these days. I know that there's a lot of questions around the value of that loyalty, given a lot of the most recent changes uh, with some of the other brands. Uh, I still think that the the guest loves that opportunity to earn some type of reward on the back end for their commitment to you. Um, I think that's really coupled well with good app. It gets back to ease of access. And so I think the technology function is just gets back to, can I make it easy? Can I remove as many barriers? And can I have a value add? I think those few items are really going to be leading the charge over the next wave in the future. But you're absolutely right. Making sure that we take care of the guests on the back end to make sure that they feel valued and taken care of is a, is a whole new component um, that a lot of the airline industry and hotels have really capitalized on we can learn from.
0: Right. And I think that's one of the things that we've been talking about a lot is what, right? What are some of the things people are doing? Where is the value? What are people excited about as opposed to just points? Is it getting the item first? Is it access to a special menu? All of those kinds of things. I mean, recently we spoke about NFTs and getting into that world. I know it's not something you guys are doing yet, but it sounds like who knows what comes next for anyone, right?
1: I really think that the NFT segment for restaurants can be very unique. I think you have a really good opportunity. Is it, is it Burger King and Taco Bell are, are, are going pretty aggressively at those? I, I think that's it's fun. It's a really good way to engage with your guests and something that could potentially be worth something in the future if, if there's an opportunity for it.
0: Right. I'm still trying to figure it out. but um, I barely, <laughs> I barely day, understand it. Each day I'm learning a little bit more and more from all the people who I work with who are a little bit younger than I am. Upcoming, we have RFDC coming up. What are you excited to learn about and hear about? What are some of the things as you look through the catalog?
1: Looking through the catalog for RFDC, I, I truly enjoy finding ways to get as educated as I possibly can in, I mean, we're talking about real estate, right? Okay. Uh, we're talking about um, great ways to finance, great ways to develop, great ways to to, to capitalize on it. Um, are there are there some really good people I like can network with? We're we're trying to be active in the M and A space, and so we take a lot of meetings with some some brokers, with some capital part potential capital partners, making sure that we're aligned properly to seize an opportunity with what's coming. But also just just general connection with people. I, I love getting out, meeting a lot of new people, and kind of hearing the buzz that they have. Just like this kind of conversation, we get to have it over drinks right. uh, in Vegas. And I, and I think it's truly going to be a good time. But I know that uh, aren't you hosting a really good kind of panel? And I think you yes. bring in you bring in Bill Valentes. From uh, yes,
0: I'm bringing in Bill. Panel. Yes, I have Papa John's. I have Focus Brands. I have you guys, and we're going to have a good conversation. I'm but really looking forward to it, right? It's going to be wonderful. I, I really am excited. Um, there was just something else you said. You're oh, as you're growing, you're doing M and A. You're excited. Obviously, you are gonna look for people to work with on the growth. Interest rates are going up. People are hoarding capital a little bit where they have it. They don't necessarily wanna put it to work. What are you, are you seeing that? Is there, have you seen any creative solutions to this? I mean, is there cash, like, do you have cash that you're sitting on so that you are waiting for distress? What is Kyle and team thinking? That's
1: a, that's a fantastic question. You know, we have been very fortunate to hoard a lot of our cash. Uh, We were very fortunate over the last few years, but I I truly get back to creativity. It's that word you use. Creativity in this marketplace is going to be critical. Um, One of the concerns that I have in regards to trying to get creative is I believe that there's still a lot of capital on the sidelines looking for opportunity. And when there's a potential distressed opportunity or just a traditional non stressed opportunity, I, I, I'm curious to think that there's still going to be a lot of competition because of the amount of capital on the sidelines, even with the cost of debt right now. Okay. And so a lot of the creative solutions that we are looking at are okay, how do we get creative on valuation? you know there's an opportunity that i'm reviewing right now and we're 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 trying to come to a proper valuation that everybody can agree on because what it, what has happened over the last few years is non traditional so if you are riding really high during 21 or 22 is that really indicative of Historical performance, and so we're we're I'm looking at like a sixty month, a sixty month kind of runway on valuation. Oh wow, that's just a, your just your traditional thirteen period or twelve month look back, um, because there were some highs and there were some lows, and I think that that might even out performance over historical mm-hmm. period. Um, I think there's a lot of sellers that potentially would have to hold some paper back on the back end or potentially have to hold in some equity to make sure that the deal structures out properly. I know more and more financial partners that we're talking to, whether it would be uh, uh, family offices or traditional banks or private equity, they're looking at a a 50-50 LTV at this point, which is is pretty heavy. Um, And and then when you're looking at debt at the six to 7% mark, that really changes the algorithm on where your covenants need to be. And so that's what we're looking for Sellers to potentially hold back or hold on to some equity with some burnoffs on their right, active side, s-
0: and six and seven percent is if you do it today. If you wait right. another month, who knows where we're going to be? Oh my goodness! Right? Yeah, I it's going like to be incredible. That's the crazy topic. That's today's crazy topic.
1: It's it's a hot topic. I mean, I mean, I I, I have Robinhood on my phone, and I've seen nothing but all of my stock and my stocks, in my portfolio just drop today. I'm going, okay, that's another fun day.
0: Right. But I what's, took what's, the app off. I stopped. (laughs) (laughs) I figure I'm young enough where ignorance is bliss. Yeah, exactly. For now. (laughs) So, no, I think that, listen, it's all exciting. We have a lot to look forward to a lot of good conversations. I love talking to you. Is there anything else that you've heard or you want to talk about or plugs to anyone or anything that you've seen that you're just like blown away by?
1: You know, I, I am really excited for, What's to come? I think a lot of people have some apprehension and some anxiety. And I think it's, it's a really good opportunity for everybody to double down on what they are truly good at. I was told in a most recent meeting with all of my advisors that you know, patience is key. Right. And I think that that is something that everyone needs to be very mindful of as we go forward. But I also talk out of the other side of my mouth. Where I, I want to go, I want to find a really good opportunity in the next 12 to 18 months. To capitalize on it and, and see what can happen, but I, I think patience is going to still kind of win the day.
0: So, is KMG going to look for a third brand, or is KMG going to keep expanding the two they have? Or we Currently, don't have a crystal ball.
1: No, no. We, I I just got done my. Uh, we're calling it Pro- Project Thirteen K. Um, the goal is to be at a billion revenue or a billion valuation by twenty thirty five uh, by leveling up our people over the next. 12, 13 years. And so with that, yeah, it's, we're looking at other brands. Currently, we are with uh, Rock and Roll Sushi and Freddy's Frozen and Custard and Steakburgers. There are plenty of other segments that we're looking at, whether whether it's coffee or chicken or uh, taco, something along, along, along those lines, I think we'll certainly be interested in. Um, I'm cautious with coffee and chicken at the moment because I think the markets are oversaturated. and So I'm trying to find those those niches that we can really capitalize on.
0: Well, we'll keep our eyes out for you. I appreciate it. For brands. Thank you. And thank you so much for taking the time to speak today. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Thank you to all of our listeners to the Dana Delivers by Aprio podcast. If you like today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button. Dana
1: Delivers brought to you by Aprio, a premier accounting and business advisory firm with offices
0: across the U.S. and clients around the globe.